course, I shared that I took some massive action and all this stuff that I focused on and thought. If you missed that video, it's on the page wherever you're watching this one. Um, but the reality is what some of you wanted to know, and I ended up in a conversation about what I actually did. So what I um, shared was that I would say in the last two years, so while everybody was going through what they were going through for the pandemic, and I'm not saying that we're just completely out of the blue for that, but I made some major life choices. I actually made them before the pandemic started and the pandemic kind of accelerated what I wanted to do. So I shared that the three major focus areas were being honest with myself about what I actually wanted and what I actually wanted my life to look like. Two was taking an inventory of where I was and how far I was from the thing that I actually wanted and like where my life was right now. And then number three was getting help, like not deciding to do this on my own, to really seek help in the areas of where I needed to grow. So someone asked me after I shared that, and I gave detail about like how I focused in those areas and what were the questions I had to ask and what were the things I had to explore. They were like, so what did you actually do? So that's what I'm sharing today. What is What are the things that I had to actually do um, to get that done? So I'm going to focus on the first part, which is being honest with myself about what I wanted because it's so easy for you to think about like, yeah, this is what I want. And we write it down. I have my new little bookshelf, y'all. But let me show y'all. <laughs> I know a lot of y'all can relate to this. That's why I'm doing it. I have notebook after notebook after notebook of stuff that I want to do and I want to accomplish and ideas and all of that, right? The thing that I started doing, as you can see, is after I fill up these notebooks, or it's better if you do it while you're doing it, but I put tabs on mine. So that way I can kind of see like this was related to my membership group. This was related to a course. And I write out things like ministry stuff, um schedule posting um different clients that i've worked with bible studies that i attended so i just write i put that on the tab so i can easily go back to my notes but what's this like four notebooks and i have at least another six or seven notebooks over here untabbed right so i don't think any of us are lost on having an idea of what we want but the challenge is how do you jump from that idea of being in a notebook to becoming your reality? And the thing that I had to learn was I love writing notes, but one day it hit me like a ton of bricks because I went back to one of those notebooks and I read the list of my goals. And I was like, why did I write these as goals? Like I kind of thought, oh, that's kind of loserish because they weren't that big. And I realized. No, when I wrote it, they were absolutely big, right? But I put in the work to get it done. So what is that work? So what I'll tell you is 
that stage of you being honest with the people who need to hear it and the people who you're affecting the most is probably the hardest part of this whole thing. So for me, I owned a bakery. It was with my husband. We had lots of staff. We had multiple locations. I mean, it was a lot going on and it was all dependent on us. And here I am deciding in all my notebook writing and everything else that I want out. Like I want something else. So the first thing that I had to do that was so hard, but I also knew if I don't do this, then I can't really continue trying to actually make this happen is I had to have that honest conversation with my husband. I had to say, I don't want to do this anymore. And the thing is, you can't approach your spouse. If you're single, then great, make your decision and decide how it's going to affect your family. And I would absolutely tell you to thoroughly discuss this with someone you love and trust. But if you're married, you definitely have to make sure you and your spouse are on the same page because you're making some major changes to your life, right? They have a right to be involved and to have input on what you're trying to do. I'm not talking about I'm choosing red hair today or long hair or short hair. This is like me changing like how my house runs. So I had a conversation with my husband. I had no idea how he was going to react, how he was going to respond. But I realized I had to do it. I had to say, because what was starting to happen is I had these ideas. I wanted my time freedom. I wanted things to look differently in my home. And that meant I could come across as like criticizing him for the way that we've set things up before, or I could come across as ungrateful for the things that we have. So me having that conversation with him was scary because I wanted to be heard for the things that I wanted that were positive and, you know, all this positive outlook. But that was the moment that I had to realize if I'm walking away from this, I'm changing things about him. I'm changing things in my house. I'm changing my income. I'm changing the income structure, but I feel like this is what I need to do. So I told him, I was like, Hey, we got to talk. It's kind of serious. Like let's figure this out. And the thing that I will tell you is in my brain, I made that so big. I was nervous. I just added all this extra emotion and scariness to it. And in actuality, he heard me and he said, okay, that's surprising. Like he said something on that too, like, okay, like that's surprising. So now what? And then I had to start, um, as I was telling you guys in the other video about you have to be honest about where you are first and then take, no, you have to be honest about what you want. And then you have to take an inventory of where you are and figure out where's that gap. So clearly, if I want to shut down a whole business that has lots of employees, the thing I'll say is I didn't have very many full-time employees. Most of them were part-time. They like worked in the kitchen or they were drivers. Like they had a very specific role and they gave me the hours necessary every day in order to get that job done, but they weren't full-time. So a lot of them had other jobs or like some of my drivers, they were drivers for other things, even if it was Uber or something like that. Um, 
So I knew that there were a few people who were absolutely dependent on this income. So I had to plan. So I couldn't just tell my husband, hey, I want to close my bakery and I want to do something else. I had to have a plan of what was going to happen with that business. Now, I get it. A lot of you who are listening to me, you're not necessarily transitioning one business to the next business. You're likely transitioning from a job to another job or a job to your own business. And the same is true. You have to understand if I leave this job, am I leaving like a pension plan? Am I forsaking all these years I put in? And for a lot of people, especially the generations older than me, they're not going to do that. They're going to hate their job and stay because they know they're close to retirement. And I hate that for people like I <laughs> for me and anybody younger, make the decision to change and start doing what it takes to get there so that you don't wake up feeling like I hate what I do. I don't enjoy my life. And then once you retire, you're over 60 plus or whatever the retirement age is, might even be 70 at this point. Um, how much traveling are you really going to do at that point in your life? Like, I hope it's a ton, but it was so funny. I saw this meme. It was an older couple and they were like, this is why you shouldn't wait until you're older to start doing all the things you wanted to do in life. Because they were like, I want to say Italy, Paris, somewhere where they have all the waterways and the couple was knocked out sleep with the guy like canoeing them around. It was hysterical. That for me, like, I want to enjoy the time that my kids are home before they go off to college. I want to be there when they're in college doing fashion shows and my son is about to go off to play college football. Like I want to be actively involved. I have to do something different so I can own my time. So as I've shared, the thing I actually did was have the conversation with my husband. He was supportive, but that also just started the catapult of, okay, so now what? Like, how do we do this? So for me, like I said, I'm transitioning one business to another business. The second business does not exist yet. <laughs> so that's also the scary part. Um, so I had to first start making like, what does the exit plan for this business look like? And for most of you, whether you're transitioning from one job to the next, that exit plan has to include some savings. So don't decide, I'm just going to leave. I mean, you can decide whatever you want, to be honest, but I think you're better off if you decide, here's the financial goal that I want to hit as far as savings so that when I start this new thing, when I'm looking for that job, when I start the new job and my benefits don't kick in right away or whatever it is, I know I'm covered. Um, so decide for yourself, what does that look like in a savings account? What does that look like if you're transitioning, like leaving your job? This is the great resignation. Most of you are leaving your jobs right now and you want to work for yourself. What does that look like? How many months are you going to save in order to have some backup while you start to build your income in your new business? So those were the conversations that started after I was honest with my husband and said, this is what I want to do. But here's the thing that I would say that was the hardest of all is I had to think through, what if he says no? Like, what if he's like, 
no, like this is my bakery and yours and I'm keeping it and you're staying. We committed to this. You got a $10,000 oven. You got this stuff. You have this. Like, why would we walk away from that? And I had to be prepared to hear that emotionally that would have been a lot and I would have had to go back to the drawing board like okay I see where he is do I need to have more money do I have to have a plan to sell this equipment like what is it that I need to put in place that's going to help him also transition luckily I didn't need to do that but mentally I was nervous because I'm changing what he's doing too not just me so having those honest conversations with the people you need to have it with and also knowing that you have to start doing the hard work of putting that backup plan in place um the other thing that i had to do was put a plan in place on scaling back my bakery so that meant if i know i want to close then i can't hire any new employees that's not fair to them. It's not fair to give you a job and knowing that in a few months, I want to close the doors. Like that's not cool. So that also meant when people left because I hired a lot of young people, there was turnover, whether they get married and move or whatever it was, I hired people out of school, I trained them. And then they went on to either start their own businesses or work for bigger companies. Um, so that was just the nature of what I did. Like there was turnover and there were people that I knew would be with me, ride or die all the way to the end. So I had to put a plan in place of when do I tell them that we're moving toward the end? And how do we get through when I'm not going to hire anybody new? If you leave, I'm not going to replace you. When do I start scaling back my orders? Do I start just deleting some of my inventory on my website so that people can't order? You know, like, what is that plan going to look like? And to be honest with you, I didn't do it perfectly. I don't know if there is a perfect way to do this, except here's my closing date and just close the doors and then say goodbye to everyone and all your customers. I allowed my business to kind of trickle down. And then I had a hard date of when it closed. The pandemic helped in a sense that a lot of my business kind of shut down immediately because they said no one could work and stay home. But then they said food service is essential. So I was able to go back out. But I also didn't want multiple people in my kitchen because of the risk of um, illness and different households coming together in one location. So I was forced to downsize. I was forced to do things with very, very, very few people. And that became how I knew I could get out of this faster. Um, so I think you have to be willing to do the things necessary that's going to get you to that next place. So having those hard conversations with the people you have to have the hard conversations with start saving more money. Like that is a big deal. And for a lot of you who just quit your jobs, I just could, can't do it. I have three kids, I have a home, I have obligations. And even back then I had employees who were also dependent on their paychecks. So I couldn't do that to them. I couldn't do that to myself. So I needed to make the plan of how I was backing out of my business, but how I was also starting 
in this other thing. Um, the other thing that I definitely did was also go to the people who normally support me. So my friends, my mom, my siblings, and I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing. And to be honest with you, most of them didn't get it. They didn't, they probably didn't believe me because I've had my bakery for so long, but that wasn't the point. It was a point that I said it, I owned it publicly to these people. And then like, for me, that kind of solidified that it was no longer just in my notebooks. It was like something I was actually doing now. Um, and then I, I, I am a competitive person. So if I told you I'm doing it, then I feel like now I'm on the hook to like getting it done. It's one thing when you fill up all these notebooks, because I got like three notebooks sitting in front of me. Um, it's one thing to fill up a notebook and to have ideas and to say, this is what you're going to do. But it's another thing to start telling people, this is what you're going to do. And it's an even bigger thing for you to start doing it. So my advice is start the process, right? Stop just writing your book, share your ideas, have the hard conversations and make sure you create plans to get out of the thing you're in and to jump into the thing that you want to do. The reality is doing both is hard. So the more you put into building this new thing while having the old thing in place is the faster you're going to be able to let the old thing go. So whether the old thing is your previous business, um, your job, whatever it is, you have to make that plan of how I'm going to get out so that I can put more energy and effort here. And I will tell you, I took my time because I also didn't factor in how emotionally tied I was to my bakery. Other people told me, and I was like, no, because I want my time and I want this. But at the end of the day, I'm a sugar artist. I spent lots of years perfecting that. And there was some pride I had in running that bakery and having this staff and doing these things and showing up and like being that person that now you're telling me I'm going to walk away from it. Well, I'm telling myself I'm going to walk away from it. That still felt weird. So I think I could have closed my bakery sooner. I did not because emotionally I just couldn't do it. So I spent at least a year plus with the bakery almost fully open and started my coaching business. So I worked in the bakery during the day. I sent the um, drivers out and then I came home, dealt with my family and did coaching. And I would only do my coaching in the evenings, which was perfect because a lot of the people who I marketed my services to, they have full-time jobs and they were trying to transition. I can help you do that because that's exactly what I was implementing in my life at the time. And I had also um, been coaching people forever in how to start businesses. So if you don't have that experience, that's exactly what I was teaching you. And I also understood the balance, the balancing act it was to pivot. So I chose what was going to work for me at the time. And I narrowed like I can do coaching sessions from 6 p.m. to I started my last session at 9 p.m. And I was available these days of the week and then a few hours early Saturday. And that's the only time that clients could book me. All the rest of the time I was with the bakery or with my kids. But literally, I just felt like I was like working around the clock. It was a lot. 
So consider what you're working into as like a second job. Start doing it. Start earning some money. If that's the money you put aside so that you are confident to leave your first job, great. But overall, you have to come up with a plan and you have to be willing to execute it. Don't do it by yourself. Don't try to do it in secret because you'll quit on yourself and nobody will know. You won't have the support you need to actually get this done. And you're just going to be super, super frustrated. So, yes, it's hard to have those conversations, but you have to have them. You have to tell people what you're doing. You have to get the support in that new area so that you can actually get that done. So that's what I have. That's what I actually did um, in order to be honest about where I am. The other areas being honest about where you are right now. Woo, that was a whole nother thing because I had to dig through like my finances, my time, like all kinds of things. And maybe I'll share the details of that at another time. So thank you guys for joining me. I'm Tanika D'Souza, the 100K Challenge Chick. My membership group is called the 100K Society. If you are part of the Great Resignation or you're in that place where it's time for you to take the action that is necessary and you need the support as an entrepreneur, 100K Society absolutely is the thing. Um, and I also do coach people one-on-one um, and that's just a different service. So you guys have a great day. Talk with you soon.